learn more from failing than you ever do by winning. My husband, Ellis, said to our son, Ezra, as we walked away from his soccer game last weekend. Quit while you're ahead was more my motto growing up, I thought to myself. I never allowed myself to fail. I never failed a test, never failed a task, never lost a game. To this day, I mostly avoid things where the risk of failure is high. It's the reason I don't play sports, I don't love board games, and I mostly avoid things that I'm not already good at. Typically, I give up before I fail, or to put it more nicely, I quit while I'm ahead. We've been engaging in an initiative that we're calling For The One, an encouragement to actively pray for, invest in, and invite one person to explore faith with us. But I want to ask, how can we be For The One when our fear is greater than our faith? If you're like me and have a hard time with failure, then you're probably also like me in recognizing that sharing faith with people who don't know Jesus is a high-risk activity. There is a high risk of failure. And we're going to have to wrestle through our fear of failure if we want to be successful in following Jesus in this area of our lives. Thankfully, our text today has something to say about how to do that. My name's Rachel, I'm the pastor of Alpha and Life Groups, and today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 5, where we find Jesus in a boat with some cynical fishermen who've already failed in their fishing efforts the night before and are not very interested in failing again. I invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the late lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished, he said to Simon, "'Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch.'" And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At the beginning of this account, Peter, also known as Simon, or Simon Peter, is a failed fisherman frustrated by a lack of success in his own efforts. His catch of fish has come back empty despite working hard all night long. When Jesus tells him to let down the nets again, his initial response to Jesus is, we toiled all night and took nothing. In other words, 
Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. We know what we're doing, and we failed. Peter was an experienced fisherman, and Jesus was a carpenter. What did Jesus know? Peter's team had been out all night in the very best conditions, and they had failed. If you study the fishing practices of this time, you can discover the reasons the boats were on the shore was not only to wash their nets, but also to switch out their nets from visible bulky nets that would have worked best at nighttime in the deep waters for nets that were better suited to, sh to fishing during the day in the shallow waters. So when Jesus tells Peter and his fishing partners to try fishing again, Peter, Jesus is telling Peter to try fishing with the wrong nets, at the wrong time of day, in the wrong part of the lake to catch anything. This request is ridiculous. Is it any wonder that Peter is afraid of failing again? When we consider the challenge to share our faith with those outside of the church, I wonder how many of us feel like Peter. The challenge to be for the one, or in the words of this passage, to be fishers of men, seems like somewhat of an outrageous request. For most of us, it's not that we don't know the Bible teaches us to share faith, but we see the unlikely conditions of the people in front of our noses. And we've tried before and failed. And we don't want to try again if we're going to fail again. Or at the very least, we've heard of other people failing, and we don't want to be part of that failure. And many of us, like Peter, are cynical that even if we did try again, it would make any difference at all. I've experienced my fair share of failing in sharing my faith. When I was a teenager, my faith came to life and I was immediately a zealous evangelist. I discovered that God spoke to me through his word and so I brought it with me everywhere I went, from the bus to the classroom. I'd arrive at school in the morning and set it down on my classroom in front of me and turn and look and see who would engage with me in talking about it. I was really, really good at segueing every conversation to, that's why you need Jesus. I love to engage anyone who would talk to me about their questions. So much so that I'd frequently be surrounded by a circle of students at recess, peppering me with their life's big questions. Why did God not answer my prayer? Why trust the Bible? What about suffering? I loved being the one to open up the Bible with them and share my own story of how God was changing my life. But here's the thing. I wasn't very gentle. I was very proud. I wasn't a good listener. I was pushy. I treated people like projects. I got pretty argumentative, if I'm honest. And I wanted to prove that I was right and they were wrong. And my close friends, understandably, got fed up with this. One day, they staged an intervention. <laughs> one recess, they met together in the portables and sent one friend to come and get me. And when I got back with that friend, they sat me down and they said, if you don't stop talking about Jesus, then we're gonna stop being your friend. My efforts to share faith had totally backfired. I had failed. I was rejected, and not only had my friends not come to faith, I had personally pushed them further away. Why would I ever try again when I'd failed so miserably? Why would you ever try again 
when you fail so miserably. Perhaps you've been praying for the same family member for years but seen no change. Perhaps you've invited multiple people to Alpha and they've all said no. Perhaps you've had spiritual conversations with a coworker that started out as a gentle invitation but ended as a heated argument. Perhaps you've never found the courage to open your mouth for fear of what might go wrong. The problem for Peter was that he had tried and failed to catch fish and he didn't want to fail again. The problem for us is that we've tried and failed and we don't want to fail again either. Like Peter, we all have doubts and fears and reasons for not wanting to try again. Pastor Ellis shared last week about a survey that we took recently. We heard in that survey that the biggest reason we at Chapel Hill don't share our faith is out of fear of rejection. Others of us avoid it because we feel ill-equipped to respond in the cultural moment of today. We don't know what to say. Many of us have not seen anyone come to faith as a result of our personal witness, even though we've tried really hard. And so we fear failing again. We've failed before, so why would it be any different this time? We doubt that it will have any impact. But I want to tell you today that there is hope. In this passage, Peter, who has failed before in his own efforts, is successful when Christ does that work in and through him. Peter himself is a different man by the end of this encounter with Jesus. At the beginning of the story, we find a doubting, cynical fisherman. But by the end of this encounter, he is willing to leave everything behind to follow Jesus and go catch men instead of fish. Peter, who initially doesn't want to try again where he's failed before, is now willing to risk everything, giving his whole life to the task. So what is it that helps him to overcome his fear of failure? I want to suggest that it's not by trying harder or even simply trying again. Peter is changed by the call of Christ. And just like Peter, our hope is not in our own efforts. Our hope is in Christ. So I don't want to look at what Peter does as if Peter is the one who changes himself. As if there's some magic formula we can follow to be successful in sharing our faith. I want to look instead at how it is Christ's call that converts Peter to becoming a fisher of man. This passage shows us three ways that the call of Christ converts Peter. Christ's call converts his doubts to deference, his hubris to humility, and his fears to following. Firstly, the call of Christ converts Peter's doubts to deference. When Jesus tells Peter to put down into the deep and let down your nets for a catch, Peter's initial response is, we toiled all night and took nothing. But because Peter recognizes Jesus as master, he then says, but at your word, I will let down the nets. This word master is a bit like our word boss. Because of who Jesus is to Peter, Peter is willing to trust him and defer to his command. In effect, it's like he says, yes, boss, whatever you say, boss. His doubts are converted to deference because it is Jesus who is asking. 
The same request could have come from someone else, and Peter would not have submitted. But because it is Jesus who is asking, he defers to Jesus' authority. Because of Christ's authority, we also can become willing to try again. My experience with those school friends made me very unsure about sharing my faith again. But it wasn't long after the incident I just described that Jesus gave me another opportunity. At the time, my English teacher was working with me on my grade in public speaking. You see, I did well in everything in his class except for speaking in front of groups. When I got up in front of people, my nerves always got the better of me and I was terrified of speaking in front of a crowd. But he was a fabulous teacher who believed in his students and he came to me and said, what are you passionate about? That's what you should speak on. I wasn't sure at first. It was him who said to me, I've noticed how you talk about your faith in the morning when you get to school. What if you shared about that? And so I did. God opened this miraculous door for me to share my testimony, followed by a Q&A in a public school setting and receive a grade for it. The teacher who asked wasn't even a believer. I was doubtful, but because of Jesus' invitation to me via my teacher, I was given the courage and the willingness to try again. Secondly, the call of Christ converts Peter's hubris to humility. Peter is initially very confident he knows what he's talking about. He is an experienced fisherman after all. Why would Jesus' ridiculous request have any different results than the hard work and toil of the night before? But as Peter witnesses an overwhelming catch of fish, this miracle from the Lord, Peter's pride turns to humility. He falls at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He recognizes his own sin, his own pride, and he recognizes Jesus is so much more than an earthly master. Instead, he is the divine Lord. By using this word, Peter confesses his faith and his trust in Jesus. Peter's hubris is converted to humility as he witnesses this miracle by Jesus. As Peter sees what the Lord can do, he recognizes his own inability and puts his trust in the Lord's ability instead. His hubris turns to humility. Because of Christ's demonstration of his power, we too can recognize our own inability and put our trust instead in Christ's ability. A few years ago, we were in the UK and walking along the river near my husband Ellis's hometown when we bumped into one of those friends who had told me as a teenager to stop talking about Jesus. I hadn't seen her in at least 10 years, probably more. And in the meantime, we'd had no contact, but I had been praying for her. We'd been encouraged at college to do something similar to this For The One initiative. And so I had taken the three school friends who staged the intervention and prayed for them every single day for many years. To be honest, I had mostly given up hope that anything was ever going to change, but I kept putting it out there. That day when we bumped into that friend, she shared with us that she and her husband were believers. They were fully engaged in attending and serving and giving at their local church. And more than that, one of the other school friends had come to faith too. 
This unexpected moment was to me a demonstration of God's power. It brought me to my knees with fresh commitment to the act of sharing faith and the power of prayer. It brought me to a place of renewed humility and depends on his ability to change hearts and not my own. These friends had not come to faith through my inadequate efforts. They had come to faith because of Jesus and his miracle. Thirdly, the call of Christ converts Peter from fears to following. Peter, who was initially afraid of failure and now has a holy fear of Jesus, is told by Jesus, do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for men. These words, do not be afraid, can also be translated, stop being fearful. Stop being fearful about failure. Stop being fearful about who I am and what that might mean for you. I bring good news. Peter is to stop being fearful and instead put his trust in the Lord, being obedient to his call. The gospel author Luke intends for us to recognize that this is like the classic call accounts of prophets like Isaiah. This passage follows the classic pattern of those accounts in scripture, which should notify to us that this is God who is calling and it is God who has the power to change. Through the call of Jesus, Peter is converted from fearful to follower. The call of Christ is why these fishermen are able to pick up everything and follow him, why their fears would be dispelled. We see this same transformation from fear to follower in every person called by Christ. As you say yes to following him from the first time to the hundredth time, he changes us from the inside out. I wonder how you see that in your own story or in those around you. I know as I look back on my story, as I think back to the shy, timid teenage Rachel before my faith became my own, and consider the journey that God has taken me on, it is my testimony that God transforms the fearful to followers. The call of Christ on my life has taken me from quiet and reflective to bold and courageous in talking to people about Jesus. From not being able to speak in public to being able to say yes to the call to pastor. Receiving the words of Christ to stop being afraid has not been a one and done thing for me. It's a daily laying down of my fears and doubts and insecurities, a daily putting my trust in his ability and not my own, choosing obedience not because I am anything special, but because he is. And when he calls us, he also equips us by his spirit to leave everything behind, to follow him and to fish for men. The call of Christ transforms us from fearful to followers. Through trusting in Jesus' authority, witnessing a miracle of God, and being called by Christ, Peter moves from fear of failure to follower. For this failing fisherman, the call of Christ changed everything. Because of Christ's authority, Peter is willing to try again. Because of Christ's demonstration of his power, Peter recognizes his own inability and puts his trust in God's ability instead. Because of Christ's call, Peter's life and purpose is forever changed. And Christ wants to do that same work in us. I wonder for you, 
where you ne- what you need Christ to convert in your life so that you might say yes to the call to fish for men? Is it that you need to have your doubts converted to deference, your hubris to humility, or your fears to following? In order to become fishers of men, we need God's help to say with Peter, we failed before, but at your word, we will try again. I am a sinner, but you are Lord. In my own ability, I will fail, but in your power and at your command, all things are possible. Like Peter, we need to receive the words, stop being afraid. And the call and the promise to all who follow Jesus, from now on you will fish for people. As Jesus said later in Luke's gospel, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I believe God's word to us today is to say yes to that call, to respond to that call to be laborers and fishers of men. He has a harvest waiting for us, fishers that he's already bringing to life, and he is calling us to go catch them alive, to set our fear of failure aside and put our trust in him, to say yes to his call to fish for men, not because of our previous record of success, but because of his previous record of success. Where we might fail, he is faithful to his promise. And his promise to us in this passage is you will be catching men. So let's say yes to his call now with faith bigger than our fears. Go out from this place committed to being for the one. With doubts turned to deference and hubris to humility and fears to following. May the call of Christ convert our hearts and lives. Let's pray. Father, I'm sorry for where I've let my doubts get in the way of being obedient to you. I'm sorry for where my pride has been so big that I'm unwilling to put my trust in your ability because I'm so concerned about my own lack of ability. I'm sorry for where I've let fear get the better of me. Father, for all of our failures, we ask for your forgiveness. And Jesus, we thank you that your work is enough. We thank you that you still choose to do your miracles and you still choose to include us in your work. We ask today that you would change us, humble us, use us. Remind us that your power is greater than he who is in the world. I pray today for this congregation gathered in this room and online at home. Would you calm our fears and send us out? Would you send your Holy Spirit to fill us again? Would you give us the courage to say yes to your call and to step out in obedience, following the call that you have for us to be fishers of men? We give you all the glory and all the credit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today at Chapel Hill Church. If you'd like to visit us in person, we're located at 7700 Scancy Avenue, Gig Harbor, Washington. 
Our worship services are Sundays at 9 and 10.30. We hope to see you there. To learn more about our upcoming events, visit us online at chapelhillpc.org.